is Jennifer at No Label Brewery, and you're listening to Drink of Ages Radio Show with John Denman. Come out to No Label seven days a week and join us for some badass beers on tap. Don't forget to visit our website at nolabelbrew.com for all events happening at our brewery. Hope to see you soon. I can think of only one thing that could lift my spirits right now. Beer. 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 This is Drink of Ages on ESPN 97.5. The only show dedicated to craft beer, spirits, and music. Here's your host and luminary, John Denman. John Denman. This is Drink of Ages radio show. I am your host, John Denman. Beside me, as always, is DJ Muskratch, a.k.a. Kevin Murphy. We're just sitting here at Drink of Ages Pub having a delicious pint, 1005 Wall Drive here in Houston over the Montrose area. And just kind of just thinking about, you know, this whole last weekend over at Brewmasters Fest. It was a really good time. Uh, actually, before we get into all that, let's talk about the show sponsor this week, and that is St. Arnold Brewing Company, their Oktoberfest. Yeah, I mean, it is that time of year. Uh, it's coming up. Uh, you start seeing these beers earlier and earlier, but, man, we actually start celebrating Oktoberfest in September. So go ahead and dust off your liter hosen. Grab a pint of St. Arnold Oktoberfest. I mean, this is a full-bodied malty. Comes in at a nice 6.6% ABV. I mean, it'll help you really get your polka on. So grab a St. Arnold Oktoberfest at your favorite store, pub, or stop by the new beer garden and grab some. And if you've never been by the new beer garden, they're located I-10, 59 area, just right north of downtown. Uh, Go check it out. They have a pizza. Absolute delicious pizza with brisket. Fresh peppers, purple onions. I'm trying to remember what all was on that thing because, you know, you're also at St. Arnold, so you got to try some of the delicious beers they have on tap. And man, barbecue sauce. It is an absolutely delicious pizza. They have some great food, really good beers, and, and just a really just badass spot sitting right there looking at downtown Houston. And they will be doing some Oktoberfest celebrating, so check it out and go join them. But like I was saying earlier, we were down, DJ Muskratch and I, we were down in Galveston over the weekend for Brewmasters Festival. And this is basically, it's a three-day event that happens. Moody Gardens, Labor Day weekend, every year. This is the eighth one, I believe. Everything just kind of starts blurring together after, after like 25 years old. Everything just seems just to be like a blur, but... Uh, yeah, the eighth year that they put this on, and it's always such a well-run event, first of all, but it's just a great time. So Friday night was the uh, nacho tequila, ordinary tequila tasting, so tequilas, nachos, of course, tacos. Saturday was the the brouhaha, and that's just your really great craft beer festival uh they were on the show a few weeks back and we talked about it i know a whole lot of people were there because i talked to you but a lot of you guys missed it and one of the things that went on during the brouhaha is i hosted a panel of women in the craft beer industry so we you know it was was an interesting conversation and i mean we had sarah milligan from galveston island brewing Teresa hutchings from fetching lab hilda stevens 
with uh, Merchant Duvin and then Cristina Fortunato with Carbac Brewing. They were my guests, and we discussed a whole lot of different things, you know, from just styles of beer to, yeah, there's there's not that many women in the industry, although there's a lot of women that drink craft beer. So, you know, kind of get their perspective on things, and I was very happy that they asked me to host this. It was a really good time. So we went ahead and recorded that. And recorded that conversation, and that's going to be this week's episode of Drink of Ages. So you get to hear a lot of noise in the background, because we are in the main hall at Moody Gardens and having a beer fest, and it turned out to be be a great weekend, Uh, even with all the rain and everything else. I think that probably helped me lay in bed a little bit longer, which was a little necessary on Sunday, then ate a bunch of barbecue, Galveston Island Brewery after that. Always a fun spot. Then we went over to Devil in the Deep. So it was just a really good, entertaining time in Galveston all weekend. But definitely the highlight was sitting with these ladies and talking beer. So here it is. Uh, This was our Women in Craft Beer over at Brewmasters Craft Beer Fest. Okay, well, I'm John Denman. I host Drink of Ages radio show heard here at ESPN 97.5 here in Houston area. I have Drink of Ages Pub over on Montrose. Nice little badass little craft beer bar if you ever want to stop in, hang out with us. All right, well, we are here at Brewmasters Craft Beer Festival. And like I said, I'm John Denman, host of Drink of Ages Radio, heard on ESPN 97.5 Friday nights, 9 p.m. And they asked me to to host this panel and I was really excited about it. Then I started thinking, I was like, man, am I the most appropriate guy to host this panel? Because I'm not, I don't censor a lot of things and I'm a nice guy, you know, but it's just fun. Like life is good. So you just have fun, you joke around and all this stuff. And, and then I, I thought more of it and I was like, man, actually I do want to host this panel. These are some terrific people that, uh, that, that, that add so much to our industry. And not only that, you know, just, what has happened over the last five years even in the craft beer industry and how diversified it has become and how how much more has been brought to the business, not only in taste, flavors, profiles, but knowledge and just probably just kind of getting rid of the whole locker room, good old boys perception that, you know, actually it wasn't perception, it existed. It was, it's still there. And... Yeah, you know, just kind of kind of balance out the whole industry, and so it's like, man, I do want to do this. So as as you start looking back in the history of beer, women were the ones that actually brewed all the beer from the beginnings of time. I mean, going all the way back to ancient Egypt, the women were the ones that they brewed the beer. Uh, they made it for the families. They sold whatever that was left over, and even early America. In the colonial time, the women brewed all the beer. You know, they went out there and got the corn, the grains, and and they made the beer until the Industrial Revolution came along and a man went, hey, wait a minute, I can make money off of this. Let's mass produce this stuff. And then that kind of quickly changed everything and, and the industry went quickly away from just women making it to big mass produced. Uh, even here in Galveston, when they were brewing, what was it, like 600,000 barrels a year. Really? Uh, it's, just, it's just nutty how much beer was made back then, but it just, it's just how much has changed. And then now the craft beer 
has become such a such an ideal thing. People want this. People love the flavors that uh, you're seeing more women that are getting involved and taking on bigger roles and doing more as head brewers, as owners, as you know, going out there and selling the brand and doing different things where you know, that just wasn't around before. And because before in beer. I mean, everybody remembers the old Budweiser ads. I mean, it was like girls in bikinis. You know, I was like, oh, that's used because they're trying to, you know, sell it to guys. Selling this little watered down, just micro brews to, to guys. And so what do you do? You put a girl in a bikini and a dog with a spot on their eye and like, hey, that's awesome. I need to buy more of that. And that has changed mostly, not all the way. But it has definitely changed where you see, you know, commercials and advertising where it's not just women in bikinis. It's actually men and women sitting at a table having a beer, you know, or doing different things and women just out having a good time. And with groups like uh, Girls Pine Out and the Pink Boot Society, you know, that, that over the last decade has introduced and helped, you know, foster you know, more women to do more in the industry. So... Let me introduce the panel of everybody we have up here. Right beside me is Teresa Hutchings from Fetching Lab, one of the co-founders. And yes, very good beer down in Alvin, Texas, soon to have a tap room in uh, Texas City. So we're all excited about that. <laughs> Christina Fortunato, I've known Christina for a while now. She's with Carbach Brewing. She does, uh, I mean, it sells a marketing side, but she is much more than that. And so we'll get into some of the things that each, everybody does. Sarah, Sarah Milling, Milligan is from Galveston Island Brewery. She is an assistant brewery. She's a laboratory technician. And that's just something that, again, you know, I mean, there weren't very many women brewers a decade ago. I mean, you, you had uh, New Belgium was about the, you know, the only place you could look to go, all right, I'm inspired by this female and I can do something in the beer industry. Well, now there's just a lot more people that are, that are doing some great things. Hilda Stevens is Merchant Duvin and she, well, we're going to get into everything that you do because, um, <laughs> Let, actually, let's start with you. Uh, let's kind of go over uh, what do you do in the industry and kind of like a little bio. Okay. Um, so my name is Hilda Stevens. I work for Merchant Duvin. Um, I'm the sales manager for South Texas and Louisiana, and we represent 10 breweries from Europe. Um, so I oversee logistics, operations, sales, and promotions for South Texas and Louisiana. Um, I came from Oregon. I actually grew up in Houston, moved to Portland, Oregon 20 years ago, just moved back to be closer to family. So even though I've only been in the industry 10 years, I kind of grew up in the whole microbrewery realm, you know, moving to Oregon. My first beer that I consider a microbrew was Shiner Bach back in 1996. And I really discovered uh, beer in Oregon back in 1998 when I had my first Hefeweizen from Widmere in Portland, Oregon. So if you want to keep going. Okay, so um, I'm Sarah Milligan. I work at Galveston Island Brewing. I'm our lab tech, QA supervisor, assistant brewer, just kind of doing whatever needs to be done. It was actually my first job out of grad school and I've been there about two and a half years and it's it's amazing and fun and it's basically a second family. 
Hi guys, Christina Fortunato from Carbog Brewing Company. Um, I've been there about six years. I started off in sales uh, about a couple, say two years ago, I moved over to the marketing side. So I'm the experiential marketing coordinator. I manage all the sponsorships um, and all of the events that happen for Carbach inside of Texas and all of the other states that we are now in. So it's definitely a, a challenge and uh, super fun. And I'm excited to be here. Teresa Hutchings, co-founder of Fetching Lab Brewery. We're a small brewery uh, in Alvin, Texas. And really, I do anything that needs to be done. I brew, I design beers, I'm a janitor, I heavy lift. If I have to deliver something, if I have to sell something, um, if I have to you know, talk to customers, serve a beer, when you're when you own a brewery, you pretty much you do everything at any time. And uh, along with the, you know, our team, we have a we have a great team, and you know they, um, they they really can help me out when I need help, and so I try to do the same. You also build a lot in the brewery. I do. Uh, stop by, and there's construction going on. Like a whole new closet is being built with an air condition and. Yeah. And it's like, oh yeah, I'm making something else. It's like, hey, yeah. excellent. Yeah, so we make our own tap handles um, out of exotic woods. So I do a lot of woodworking if we have uh, uh, things that need to be built. Sometimes, you know, when you're a small brewery, you don't always have all the money that to uh, just go ahead and buy some fancy new equipment and you have to think outside the box. And so sometimes you literally build a box because <laughs> that's what you need, you know? And so uh, we... Um, I always have something, something going on, some other little side project to make the guys' lives a lot easier. So a lot of, you know, a lot of things with beer, people, especially in the industry, they talk about like their passion. And, and to be honest, you have to have a drive to be in this industry because, in all honesty, it's not really a big money maker. Yeah, I mean, you have you work a lot harder than in pretty much any other industry just just because you love making the beer. So. What is it that, like, what, what was the passion that brought you guys, that, that, that started you to go, you know what, I want to do this? Go ahead, Teresa. Okay. Um, him. <laughs> this was actually, sorry. It was actually his dream, right? He was a home brewer. Um, no, I, I truly enjoyed uh, brewing beer, um, doing the home brew. Um, I had gotten really into it. It really, you know, the science of it, the process of it was you know just fascinating to me but um you know we we followed his dream and his dream became my dream right so it was you know he wanted to open a brewery and i said okay we'll we'll open a brewery god help us <laughs> but uh no it's been a, it's been a great experience and uh you know, and, and it really has become a passion project. You know, when you first start, you're like, all right, well, you know, what do you want to do? How do you want to do this? And then pretty soon you're like, all right, we're going to do it this way. You follow me because this, I'm, you know, I, I got these ideas and this is where I want to go with it. And it really just, you know, um, you know, became something kind of organic, right? Or, you know, an organic passion to, to, to be in the craft beer industry above and beyond home brewing you know Christina 
Well, I grew up in a small little area in Clear Lake called Seabrook or El Lago. And right outside my neighborhood was this bar called Boondoggles, who some of you guys might know. Um, Good spot. (laughs) So I would go there with my parents. They used to do pint nights. And so my parents would go and they would always order me a beer just so they could get the glass, too. And so I'd get to try underage because my parents were great alcoholics, which is amazing. So I hung out at Boondoggles and I would just look at the taps and be like, wow, like everything is different. That is so exciting. So when I finally became of age and was allowed to drink legally, um, I would hang out at places like Boondoggles or the Flying Saucer and just cram as much beer knowledge as I could into my head because it was just something so amazing to me how there's so many different flavors and options out there. So I, I don't know where that passion came from, but it came to me. Um, and then I would hang out so often at St. Arnold's before Carbach was around that Brock would see me and he would say, Christina, are you going to give the tour today? Like, no, Brock, I'm just going to watch you again. <laughs> we walk around the old warehouse. Um, and then finally I had the option to, you know, finally get a job in the business. And it's just been so much fun still. And I don't think you could really do this job without passion for it because it's, like he said, so much work. <laughs> That is absolutely true. Sarah Milligan from Galveston Island Brewing. So uh, I actually kind of took a roundabout way to get into craft beer. I was I came down to the island for grad school at University of Texas Medical Branch, and I was in a program called Experimental Pathology. So, which sounds weird, but basically think like all the scientists from Contagion. That was my career goal. I wanted to work with Ebola virus. I wanted to find the cure for SARS. And I got about two years in my program and realized, oh my gosh, I don't want to do this at all. And I actually really want to do industrial quality testing. And, you know, that kind of self-doubt led to a lot of really long weeks in lab. I started going to Bruce Brothers, which is this really incredible beer bar on the Strand. It's about a mile walk from school, so I could, you know, walk from the lab. didn't have to drive, have a few beers, feel a little better, and then go home. And I started going to Pint Nights, started talking to brewery reps, and realized that this is, like, the most wonderful, happy work culture that you could ever be in. And it was such a change from what I was experiencing. And I thought, well, I just have to do whatever I can to get into this industry. I've always loved science, so I thought, all right, well, I'll just see like who wants a lab tech. This sounds great. And that's kind of how I got into it. There's all kind of different avenues. And that's one of the things that, that you know, once you want to explore the industry, there's so many ways to, to be involved with it. I, I started a radio show six years ago, and I was like, man, you know it'd be fun? drink beer and talk to beer people on the radio and that's that's just got me into a whole nother you know, it, been able to explore a whole different side of the breweries that most people don't ever see or be part of and so I mean, there's just a lot of different avenues to get into this industry and Hilda Stevens with Merchant Duvin how about you um, so for me I wrote uh, during grad school back in 2004 I wrote a business plan to open up a European bistro in Portland, Oregon. And, you know, just like anything you do in school, it was set aside collecting dust. And it wasn't until 2009 when we hit the recession. Uh, I was working in high-tech sales, and I knew that it wasn't necessarily my passion. I was a mid-level manager. We were going through rounds of layoffs. And I decided to dust off that business plan take into account all the traveling that I had done in Europe. And in 2011, I opened Portland's first Belgian-centric beer bar. Uh, We were named top 100 beer bars in America three years in a row. 
we were the number one so soccer pub in Portland. And just this last December, I sold it to a brewery just so I could come back home. And now my degree is in international business and marketing. And I was lucky enough that Merchant Devin was looking for a sales manager and I got the job. So, and you know, like John mentioned, I came from high tech sales where I was making six figures. You're definitely not gonna do this in this industry. Um, but I get to do what I love every day. It's definitely a hobby. It's not a nine to five job. I'm always all over the, you know, all over the state, uh, into Louisiana, putting a lot of miles. But I feel like my job is so much fun. It's definitely a lifestyle. One of the things that I found interesting is like looking at different numbers and stuff. You know, doing my research that I do for this this radio show of mine uh, is. Uh, just looking at right now the beer drinkers, and this was from 2017, they're estimating that 31% are female and 69% are male, except for Portland. Portland's 53% female. More wow. women drinking beer in Portland than uh, anywhere else in the country, which I found that to be pretty I fascinating. Agree. Everything we do, I mean, at my bar, I used to get the stitching club. Women like stitching. And they would come in and drink their beers while they were stitching. I was like, whatever club comes and fills up my bar, I'll support them. <laughs> I might even start stitching if I drink some beer with it. <laughs> Go try that out.
Spindle Tap is killing it with their IPAs. Heavy Hands, Justin, Houston Hayes, Draped Up, all have been phenomenal brews. With all the tasty releases, man, don't forget about Hop Gusher. This has been one of my favorite go-to beers for a while now. 6.5%, nicely balanced with a blast of hoppy aroma. The citrus taste and slight bitterness makes this a crowd pleaser. Grab some Hop Gusher and make this a regular in your beer fridge. If you are a fan of good beer, then come by Drink of Ages Pub, 1005 Wall Drive in Montrose. We have over 200 beers with 32 specialty rotating taps of badass beers, cider, kombucha, and cold-brewed nitro coffee. Take a 32-ounce growler or build a mixed six-pack to go. You can even bring your own growlers in, and we will fill them. Drink of Ages Pub, badass beer for here, badass beer to go. Whether a startup brewery or distillery or you've been around for years, the badass folks at Cast Branding has to be your go-to source for branded merchandise and apparel. Cast Branding does it all, from imprinted glassware, coasters, koozies, tin tackers, and bottle openers to dickies and red cap work shirts, t-shirts, and caps. Their apparel decorating options are top-notch, offering embroidery and the latest trends in screen printing, using water-based and discharge inks to achieve that super soft feel. Artwork services and samples are always free. Why go out of town or use multiple supplies for your branded merchandise keep it local like we do let the badasses at cast branding the official merchandise sponsor of drink of ages kick your branded merchandise and apparel up a notch give them a call at 855-376-7638 or check them out castbranding.com
We are at Brewmasters Craft Beer Fest talking with Sarah Milligan of Galveston Island Brewing, Teresa Hutchings from Fetching Lab, Hilda Stevens from Merchant Duvin, Christina Fortunato from Carbach Brewing. So right now, you know, the current state of beer industry, uh, what's your thoughts on the relation to the talk of sexism and the debate about you know, exclusivity? Because I, mean, I, think, I think right now, like I said, over the last few years, there's been a lot more diversity in the workplace. I mean, what are your thoughts on all that? Yeah, you can start, Teresa. So, so I think we have to be really careful when we say the words like sexism, right? Is this a male-dominated industry? Absolutely. Absolutely, there are more men in this industry than there are women. But sexist? I don't, I don't really know. I don't really think so. I have not experienced where... Um, where I've been put down because I'm a woman or held down because I'm a woman. In fact, I've accept or I've I've experienced just the opposite. I've had a you know, everyone is so welcoming. Everyone has been inclusive. You know, when when Brett and I are standing next to each other, I don't have where someone is asking him questions and just overlooking me. They ask me just as many questions, if not sometimes more, than they'll then they'll ask him. So so I wouldn't necessarily say it's sexist. I think that, um, like you said, the you know women on both the consumer and um, you know jobs within the industry, that it's growing, right? Within the jobs, I don't know how far it will go um, in the production side. I, we were talking about this uh, before um, because it's a really really harsh environment. Now there are other jobs that are less harsh environments within brewing where absolutely I think that it will grow to, you know, possibly even be dominated by women. But within production, I just don't know that it attracts as many women, right? Not that we can't do it. It's just less attractive, you know, to be hauling 55 pound, you know, bags of grains and, you know, 165 pound uh, uh, kegs all day and, you know, over a hundred degree conditions, you know, it's just, it's, it can be a really miserable work, workspace. And so, so I think that, you know, within this industry, it's growing. It's women, women in this industry where, um, there's more and more consumers coming over. And like, like you said earlier, thanks to, um, groups like Girls Pint Out, the Pink Boots Society, there's women in craft beer groups. There's, you know, there's a lot of that helping women to come into this industry. And that's also helping them to get jobs in the industry because you start as a consumer, you educate yourself, and then you go towards that job when you find that passion and, and, and such. So I think that, I think we're getting there. I don't necessarily think that it's exclusive and I don't think that it is sexist. Um, I think we have to be very, very careful when we use those kinds of words because it's a, you know, it, it, you know, words have meaning. Um, male dominated, absolutely. Is sometimes is it a little bit of a harsh environment? Like you said, locker room kind of thing. Absolutely, but I don't think it's. Um, I think it's all well-meaning. I don't think that there's any specific, you know, well, women shouldn't be playing in our domain. Right. I've never experienced anything like that. And, and, and I don't know, I'll be honest, some of the harshest locker room talk that I've heard came from the women. 
It's like, oh, oh, I don't know if I should. My ears are burning. I need to I need to walk away. But um, so, Christina, what do you think? Well, I've definitely been guilty of locker room talk, so I can't blame anybody for that. Um, at at Carbock, we have women in management um, in just about every branch of the brewery, which is pretty exciting. That's actually changed um, in the past couple of years, so. I'm really proud of us for that. Um, I have, on the other hand, experienced sexism when it comes to being a female in the industry. Um, I'll be there with my team who happens to be all big, tall guys, and people just automatically assume that one of those guys you know, is the one to talk to, but it's just little old me. You know, I'm the little one over there. I'm, that's the one. You need to talk to her. <laughs> so it, it's interesting, and I, I understand that uh, I don't have a monstrous presence but uh, I can work on that <laughs> I think it's fun uh, my wife she likes big barrel aged stouts you know she loves stouts and the sweeter beers so sometimes we're at restaurants and she sees something she likes I'll go ahead and order a glass of wine just for fun and so they always every time will walk by and put the wine in front of her and sit in front of me and I'll be like oh no sir that's not my stout yeah, before she even says anything they're like oh I'm sorry yeah, switch it around but that happens all the time, too. I mean, you know, there's a perception of what women want to drink. And, you know, you, like, right here at Brewmasters, you look around, and it's like, no, I think women really enjoy drinking beer. So let's, uh, let's talk more about this. And then, you know, sexism, like I said, that's, that's a hard, it's a harsh word to use. And uh, the industry that I was in before I came in this industry it was we did financial filings for the sec and all this stuff and it was a very very much a good old boys thing where in the 80s and 90s there was a hot tub in the second floor of the place where they would bring the prostitutes and the cocaine and all that for the ceos <laughs> oh i mean it was it was harsh and the stuff that went around there like the 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 stuff that the women went through I heard the stories. It's like, why would anybody ever treat anyone like that? And I think that's where like different generations are coming along now. Where, you know, it's like they're just like, hey man, that's just not appropriate. You don't, you don't do these things. Yeah, you, know, you don't act like this. You don't tell these jokes. You know, look around before you say something. You know, that's if you have to do that, then don't say it. Yeah, this doesn't even make sense. So definitely, times have changed. And so Sarah Milligan from Galveston Island, uh, like I said, you have a nice little story of how you got into the industry and everything. I mean, what, what have you seen? So I actually, uh, I've only experienced, you know, sexism. Somebody saying, oh, you can't be a brewer. And surely you're not a brewer. From people outside the industry with one, one exception, I can remember of somebody who was actually in the industry treating me differently because I'm a woman, which I find really encouraging, you know, like. It's, it's not the people that are in the industry that's the problem, it's boneheads that drink our beer, you know? <laughs> Which I, you know, I love that. And I think as an industry, we're making a lot of progress towards being more inclusive towards women, whether it comes to, you know, getting rid of sexist names or off-color label art. And women are actually being recognized as a legitimate demographic of craft beer drinkers, which is fantastic as long as everybody remembers that we don't just drink blonde ale and fruited sours. I think it, you know, honestly, I, I could almost, I would think it'd be empowering, like you were saying, Christina, you know, but it's like, nope, I'm the one you need to talk to, you know, and just, just like, no, it's me, I'm the one that knows beer, this, this guy here, no, he doesn't know anything, you want to talk about uh, margaritas, he'll tell you all about them, uh, so, 
Hilda, uh, you've been around all like, from Portland to all over the world. I mean, have you have you seen anything that I mean? I know times are definitely different now, but I mean, do you come across any time where you know you might people might be like same thing where oh here's your here's our wine list or here's here's a certain type of drink just specifically for for women. Uh, you know, definitely not within the industry. Um, coming from the what you'll find in the beer community is that regardless of where you're coming from Oregon or Denver or Texas is our industry as a whole is still very small and people end up getting to know each other really well so within the industry it's always been very inclusive I think where you might find sexism at times and I saw it was as a beer bar owner you know I would have guys come into a bar and they just assume that my male bartenders were the owners and a lot of a lot of times they would be like this is a really cool place you've built and they would be like no see that lady over there on her laptop that's the big boss <laughs> and you know and then and they're like well who fixes like your equipment and i was like oh i do that you'd be amazed what i carry inside my my coach purse you know as i'm <laughs> as i'm picking out like screwdrivers and tools you know to fix equipment around the bars uh, one thing that that especially like Drink of Ages Pub is that when we when I first opened up, we had more women coming in than men, and that's something I was like, this kind of surprised me that that was the case. But yeah, good looking guy like I am, and you know we had our yeah you know they're just coming in to hang out. So yeah, I did I did I understood, but no, but for real, it was it was surprising that that that. Uh, in Houston, that we had that many women coming in. We still do, and so. But that's like I said, a lesson that I learned that they come in, and women will come in, and, and they will drink the biggest IPAs that we have on tap. And that was that was surprising for me at first, and now we see the trend where we have all these new, new juicier IPAs and these hazy IPAs that are much more approachable not only for women but for men and everybody and I think that's a good that's another good avenue for people to start into craft beer that a lot of women are drinking these they're like I don't like IPAs then they'll drink one they're like well that's actually really good and then that'll help them move on to you know try something else and try something different Uh, you guys ever like whenever you're thinking about beers to make do you think about who you might be making them for, or you're just making something that you want to drink? How exactly do you do you plan your recipes? Well, so I think you you kind of have an idea of who might be drinking it, but usually when you have that idea, you're going to be wrong, right? Um, so I we more design beers because it's something we want to drink or we thought was really cool or creative or whatnot and and one thing i found with um with craft beer over like big beer is that craft beer appeals to women more i think because of the variety of flavor right so if you like compare it to wine you know women drink wine a lot more than men right or drink wine a lot more than men. But there's a lot of variety within wine, right? But when you looked at beer, what was beer? Beer was big beer. It was just one flavor. It was just beer, right? So you had a certain percentage of women who, who did like it. But 
craft beer gives that variety. Says, I'm in the mood for, you know, I'm in the mood for a Merlot, or I'm in the mood for a Riesling, or I'm in the mood for, you know, these different flavors within wine. Same thing can be done in craft beer. It's a hot day. I want something light. I'm, I'm not in the mood for anything too heavy. You know, versus, you know, hey, it's it's a cold day. I want something, you know, a little bit heavier, a little maltier. So, so I think that really attracts women, right? And so if we're trying to build beers specifically thinking, well, what will attract a man or a woman or, or whatnot? I think we're probably going to miss the mark because you can't really say what women like. We like all the, all the stuff, all the styles, right? There are some women who like the blondes. There are some women that like the stouts. There are some women who like, you know, any, anything in between, right? I do like the idea of introductory beers, so like the, the hazy being an introductory to an IPA, right? I think that makes things easier for any consumer, no matter if it's man or woman, but any consumer to get into some of these other styles that maybe have been intimidating to them. We hope you're having a great time at Brewmaster's Craft Beer Festival, and it is 4.30. Right Chad Pillbeam, everybody. Away from the entrance, down by that great big San Arlo can down there. We're going to head down there, and we're going to be talking about pairing beer in the proper glass. Ms. Hilda Steven is a four-year-old and beer pioneer, South Texas, oh, Louisiana sales manager for oh, okay. Merchant Dividend, will guide you through beer and what glass it best pairs with. We'll head down there at 4.30 right now for a beer and glass pairing at the main stage at the far end of the convention center. Hope you're having a great time. Hope you get something uh, in your glass and head down there and meet Hilda Stevens. Cheers. Well, Christina, I ask you a question, and uh, we kind of talked about it a little bit earlier with marketing. And do you do you think at, at this stage that the breweries should market more towards women in their advertising and promotion, or just market and just let it fall where where it should be? Uh, I'm definitely going to go with the latter. We definitely uh, just try to stay true to ourselves, and the people that love us will love us for what we are. Uh, we don't try to market to anyone in particular besides the beer lover and uh, don't really lean towards either of the sexes when it comes to carbo. Well, Sarah, what, what advice would you give young women that wanted to learn you know, to, to different avenues to be in this industry? Definitely be confident and know that there is not a stupid question. It's impossible to ask a stupid question. Just the fact that you're asking, it makes you not stupid. Um, don't don't be afraid to make mistakes along the way as long as you learn from them your path doesn't have to be a straight one You know you can hop from thing to thing to thing and then finally just magically find what you're passionate about And as far as craft beer goes just drink as many styles as you can get your hands on read everything you can find Just consume as much information as possible until you find what it is that you're passionate about whether it's advertising or sales managing a tap room brewing lab work just there's so many different things in craft brewing. If you really want to be in the industry, there is something for you here. Yeah, now all we need is a woman to run the country. And <laughs> I think that's coming up. I hope it does someday because um, 
Yeah, I'd like to see see what happens. You know, when uh, we need more female perspective in a lot of industry and a lot of state of affairs right now. But uh, appreciate you all hanging out with us today. Uh, the like I said, the diversity in craft beer is what's going to continue to make it better and better and better. The ideas, the uh, the cultures, and everything else is, is brought in. I mean, it's done it definitely into the culinary aspect. I mean, in the restaurants and food. And it's, it's definitely doing it in beer as well. So appreciate everything that you do. And we need to wrap this up because they keep pulling people away. Hilda had to leave because she's about to do a, a class on glasses and beer, the proper glassware for beer. So if you want to learn about that, then go to the main stage and see Hilda over there. But thank you all for hanging out. And thank you for having us. We've been out of beer for way too long. So, I know you didn't provide beer. What's I, up with that? I, I am a Worst horrible host. Host ever. All right, uh, we can all meet in Carbock, play Pac-Man, listen to some music, and shotgun some some beer real quick. Now, thank you all. Thank you. So that was our discussion over at Brewmasters Craft Beer Festival at Moody Gardens with Sarah Milligan, Teresa Hutchings, Hilda Stevens, and Christina Fortunato. I mean, I just, again, I felt honored to have this conversation with these ladies, and I wish we could have gone on longer, but everybody had something else to do. Like, there was other events going on, and they were coming over and pulling pulling each of them away as we were sitting in there talking so that they were doing different things in the festival. But, um, I mean, you know, as you see, I mean, craft beer is, once again, just influenced by more women. And from the amount of female beer drinkers to the ladies that, you know, were up here talking, uh Industry is definitely made stronger with diversity, and I am very happy to have sat down and had some beers with these ladies. Also, want to thank Food and Vine Time for, you know, of course, putting on Brewmasters Festival, but having me take part of it all weekend long is always such a great weekend, and man, you guys definitely don't want to miss that next year. Uh, something else coming up. The Houston Open Brewam and Keg Classic Golf Tournament. Golf tournament benefiting Pines for Prostates. That is happening November 6th at Wildcat Golf Club. It is, this will be the fourth year that we've put this on. And if you're a fan of beer and you like swinging some golf clubs, you definitely need to join us for a great Tuesday afternoon. We, I mean, local breweries on every hole. Uh, just just, uh, just go back and look at some of the pictures from the past. It is a good time, but one thing that we do is pin the local breweries against each other. So we have a trophy for the best brewery, which happened to be won by St. Arnold the last two years. And then we get first, second, third prize for the top three teams that win. But there is a buffet afterwards and, of course, some more beers. So check out HoustonBrewAm.com. To get information, the foursomes are almost gone. So if you want to play in this, you better get on it quickly. But uh, I want to thank everybody for listening, everybody for um, hanging out and drinking the good beer. And, man, we'll see everybody next week. Talk to you guys later. Thistle Draft Shop up in spring. If you haven't been, you need to definitely go check them out. So many beers on tap. I mean, more than you can count, over 90 beers on tap. Plus, uh, I don't know, like 30 feet of refrigeration that's full of all kind of beers you can have there and take to go but don't miss out on their food so you know make the quick drive up to spring to thistle draft shop and try them out but one thing that they have coming up on october 20th just go and put this on your calendar 
from 2 p.m. to 8 p.m. They're going to have a little beer fest over there. And so there's going to be over 30 breweries hanging out. And you know, hopefully the weather's going to be nice. So it'll be outside. If not, it could be inside. And this is going to be just a good time to walk around, sample a bunch of local beers. There's going to be food, little appetizers, and all kind of different things happening at Thistle Drop Shop October 20th. So more information is going to come up here. You'll, you'll see more about that on Facebook, especially if you follow them. Admission is going to be free, but then you have to purchase your tickets for samples. Uh, it's going to be a good time, and it's also going to help benefit Craft Pack. So definitely go out there October 20th, and if you've never been, go check out Thistle Drop Shop. And our friends over at Platypus Brewing have been really busy lately. I mean, they just did a collaboration with Copperhead Brewery called Definitely a Collaboration Hazy IPA. And man, you need to stop in there and try some, and you'll be able to find this beer all over town. I had some at Brewmasters. It was really good. So look for some Definitely a Collaboration Hazy IPA by Platypus and Copperhead Brewery, and it's all over the place. And then also something else that they have coming up that I'm really looking forward to as well is the third beer in their IPA summer sipping series called What a Prick. This hibiscus prickly pear IPA is 7%. is brewed with mosaic and azaka hops, so it's going to be nice and fruity. You'll be able to find that one as well. So stop by Platypus Brewery and man, hang out and grab a pint. 